What's going on, fellas? Drunk. Just thought I'd give you a call. Uh, had a fucking awesome story to tell you, but too drunk to remember it. But I did remember. A buddy of mine told me the newest term for a blowjob is a mouth hug. And I thought it was fucking hilarious, man. So uh, I don't know if you guys heard of that. I'm uh, actually Northern California boy myself. So uh, you guys keep up the good work. Hopefully uh, get some mouth hugs. And uh, you silly sallies have a good time. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? Not a whole lot. I see that you're not at the Folsom Street Fair today. Isn't that going on today? I think it is today, but it's raining. They should have had it yesterday. It was a little bit overcast, but it's supposed to rain today. So maybe that's uh, God's way of like washing away the sin. Do you think people will stay home, or they'll just be wet and wild, <laughs> pissing all? Over. They're already pissing all over each other, right? So does it even matter? Yeah, like I, I don't think. It, yeah, I don't think rain really would deter any of those guys. Have you ever actually been to the Folsom Street Fair? No, I haven't. <laughs> I don't really have a lot of interest. I've seen once you see the pictures, what's the point in going? The smells. You know, I've I've been there a couple times and I feel like it's cool for about twenty minutes. And then it's like, okay, now this is sort of gross. And yeah, it, it, and it, it would take me it would take me an hour and a half to get there and get back, so just the mathematics don't work out. Well, I'm not saying it's gross because there are a bunch of, you know, gay people around. I think it's gross because there's a bunch of I mean a bunch of ball sacks. It's just a bunch of naked dudes. Just walking yeah. everywhere. Buttholes. And, uh, Buttholes pleasures. Yeah, eating like beef on a stick. And it, so it smells <laughs> like, yeah, it's, like fried. Yeah, it's it gross like, uh, you know, carnival food. And it's just, it's just the whole scene is just kind of gross. But for about 20 minutes, you go there and you're like, oh my God, this is so funny. Look at that dude. There's a guy like, uh, you know, a, a naked Asian man that's that's wearing panties and he's walking around or a big fat chick, you know, that's about to be spanked. And so it's, yeah, for about 20 minutes, it's cool, and then the novelty wears off, and then you're like, ugh, I want to go home and wash off the AIDS. <laughs> I mean, I used to live close enough to it that I would see the people going. I mean, I got to see those people because they'd be walking to the, the street fair, so. I think the Love Parade is this weekend, too. They do like that at the, the same time? Festival. I don't think it was in past years, but so, I've been reading that it, it was also this weekend. But I, I think that's Saturday night, right? That would have been last night. I could see those two sort of coinciding, you know. And if you if you have the choice to go go to the Folsom Street Fair and see a bunch of like like leather pigs, <laughs> or you can go to the Love Parade and see a bunch of like eighteen year old chicks in like micro skirts and and bikini tops, what are you going to choose? Exactly. I I kind of wish that they would have the next GOP debate at the Folsom Street Fair. Like if they had a if they were able to coordinate that. I bet you a lot of those those leather daddies are Republican. You think so? 
I always yeah. think gay Republicans always kind of crack me up. It's just like, why, why would you vote Republican? It's like you're voting in people that hate you. Well, why would you think that every gay person would be a single-issue voter, D? No, well, exactly. Exactly, but I don't know. I would just like to see Rick Santorum. Can you Santorum's... call your brother and ask him who he would like to do more? Rick Perry <laughs> or Obama? I think he's more of a Perry man. You think so? Rick yeah, Perry? Perry has, like, leathery skin. <laughs> I could see my brother shagging the hell out of Newt Gingrich. Really? I think, I think Newt's kind of my brother's type. <laughs> Don't you? Maybe, maybe Rick Santorum. I feel Santorum. like I've met some of his friends, and they do seem rather Newt Gingrich-ish. Gingrich-ish. I kind of wish somebody would kidnap, like abduct Rick Santorum, and then just have him wake up like in a porta potty no pants on, at the Folsom Street Fair. I just wonder yeah. if it would change his worldview completely. I mean, his secret worldview would come out is what would happen. <laughs> I love that, it here. It's you, where I've always wanted to be. You do know there are some skeletons in that closet. That, that guy's going to have a Ted Haggard-style revelation, I'd say, next oh, few yeah. years. There's, something's oh, going to yeah. come out. I, I hope it's kind of like the you know um, Bachman, Bachman's husband and Rick Santorum had been having this illicit affair. That would be great. Right. And you Hiding see them, behind Jesus. Well, yeah, and you see them like hand-in-hand hand at some club in Fire Island. <laughs> It would be, yeah. Would be. No, they're not going to be in public. They're going to be in their room role playing Jesus and John the Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you been watching these GOP debates? Talk about just hilarity. Well, because I'm an audio celebrity, I've been listening to them on the radio. <laughs> well, I don't know what I don't know what is funnier. It's just the candidates themselves or the crowd that attends these things. Yeah. They're I mean, morons. Yeah, it's it's well, it, a lot of focus has been uh, has been on like the crowns, you know, um, when they're booing a gay soldier, or I think they were cheering. Well, to be fair, there was one guy who booed, and I hear like twenty people around him were like, "You're a fucking asshole! Shut up!" They all yelled at him. Well, okay, what about the guy, the uh, the uninsured thirty uh, year old? That was uh, they asked a hypothetical question to uh, Ron Paul. About, oh, that was two debates ago, yeah. Yeah, it was a couple of debates ago, and everyone starts cheering. It's like, let him die. It's just like, okay, these are the people that are uh, running our country. I love that Ron Paul is the crossover candidate, you know? Like, you can find, like, liberal stoners who like him. Well, because he's a... Uh, he's just he always... He's old as fuck, and he's constantly yelling, <laughs> Well, come on! I'm Ron Paul! What about my ideas? They're so simple! Anybody could use... And it's like, yeah, you're, you have these simplistic ideas that don't hold up to, like complex reality in the real world okay exactly like it sounds great to some dude who just took 15 bong hits that's your problem and and then he do, he has that ross perot problem where he's like huh, come on he's got that like high that high pitched leprechaun like, voice. Well, it sounds like he just like yeah like you know like huffed a, a balloon full of helium or something he's got this like really high-pitched voice I or think that's... he's like, you know, he's your elfin grandpa who's like annoyed that you like, you know, didn't fill the car up with gas when you brought it back. No, why didn't you fill up the car with gas? You drive it, you fill it up. What's wrong with you people? Like, shut the fuck up, grandpa. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, I, I do wonder, do you think all Republicans support the death penalty? Um... I mean, judging the by only, that crowd. I, there, there's some hardcore Catholic Republicans, right? And they're not allowed to. But, I mean, Rick Perry, though, the leading, the, for, the front runner right now, I mean, he's personally, you know, appro- he's a or condoned, but he's condoned more he executions. Shot, he shot than... a wolf with his gun. You'd hear that story. Wait, when did he do this? This is what he's famous for. He was walking his dog, you know, in the Texas countryside. And because he always carries his revolver, a wolf came up and he shot it in the head. <laughs> 
That's why everybody thinks he's like a <laughs> tough mountain man or some shit like that. I'm, I'm sure the story is completely made up bullshit. Well, it's just interesting because uh, so this past week in the news, uh, the death penalty was kind of a, a hot point in the oh, news. Yes. It's kind of a big issue. So there, there were two of, executions, actually. One that received a lot of attention and created quite a stir, quite a, quite a bit of controversy. And the other one completely ignored. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting. So the first one I'm talking about is Troy Davis. So Troy Davis was the uh, black man that was executed in Georgia for uh, gunning down a police officer in 1989. It was a while back. Two decades of being on death row, multiple uh, uh, court sessions, like even up to the state Supreme Court. Finally, they refused to deny or give him clemency. And yeah, they, they executed him on Wednesday. And it caused a big controversy. A lot of people were like... A lot of celebrities were upset, I tell you what. <laughs> a lot of celebrities were in an uproar about that. But so, so that one I can understand. I mean, it was like it was a controversial issue. And a lot of people paid attention to that one. But the other execution that received little to no attention whatsoever was the execution of Lawrence Brewer. Do you, do you, do you recognize that name, Wacker? No. <laughs> no one, knew, no one even he? cared about Lawrence Brewer. Now, he was a white guy, huh? He was a white guy that was executed the same day as, uh, as uh, Troy Davis. Uh, it turns out you, you probably will remember what uh, Lawrence Brewer's crime was. Uh, he was put to death uh, Wednesday night for a notorious 1998 killing in which James Byrd Jr., a black man, was dragged behind a truck for several miles in Jasper, Texas. Oh, that's not nice. They, they dragged him to uh, they dragged him like uh, for for so long that his head actually became detached from his body. Do we know what happened to the other guys who were in the truck? Why did I, he he got the death penalty because he was driving or because he tied the rope or what? I think they uh, they they picked up uh, Bird was a hitchhiker. They picked him up and they. Uh, they beat him and then uh, attach him by, by like a thick chain to the, the bumper of their car. I think all three of the white supremacists that were um, in, you know, were, were that dragged the guy are going to be put to death. Hmm. But what's interesting about, about Brewer is no one really, there was no controversy with that one. I think everyone was just like, okay, that guy is an evil man. He should die. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, when people bring up the death penalty, they're like, well, I don't know about. You know, there, there's always like, well, is it, you know, should the nation ever be, should, should a country be able to put somebody to death? You know, should the government be able to put somebody to death? In this case, everybody was just like, yeah, that guy just needs to die. He should not be living. I don't even, I don't even think uh, the death penalty opponents, I don't even think we're voicing any concern about this well, one. Well, they were busy with Troy Davis, to be fair. <laughs> well, the they reason... Can't, they can't protest two executions in one week. It's, it's too much work. Be way too much work, and plus, it isn't there. Isn't there like two to three executions a week in Texas? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it seems like they just like to put people to death there, especially black guys. But this guy was a white guy, white supremacist. But what's We're interesting? The biggest state, and we do a big amount of executions. Well, what's interesting about it is uh, the Lawrence Brewer execution is significant, and the reason it's significant is because it has caused the Texan prison system to abolish the time-honored tradition of offering a uh, last meal request to condemned inmates. It's an outrage! This is an outrage. Why did they do that? Well, so, you know, we did a show, when was this? Like, God, it must have been a few years ago. We talked about, uh, I think it was an artist who was doing a book about, a picture book or a photo book of uh, last prisons, of uh, prisoners' last meals. Right, like I just, remember uh, we read a like long a, list of last meals. One of our one of our list intros. <laughs> one of our list intros. Yep, yeah, very thoroughly <laughs> reviewed and researched and uh, shared here on the show. 
So we're going to kind of revisit that topic in a, a bit here, but but it's and the reason being is because it's completely uh, abolished now. Not other states. Other states, I think, still do offer it's the ones that have uh, you know that allow the death penalty still offer the um, the time honored tradition of a last meal request, but no longer in Texas. Yeah, it's and, the right. They still are going to feed them, but which is really why do you need to at that point? But. Uh, they won't get to request whatever they want. And then, uh, you know, in uh, Texas, they had a tradition of requesting, I mean, some really off-the-wall type of requests, or extremely opulent. And it's like, why would you give these prisoners a privilege? Chateaubriand. Exactly. Some, like, $800 bottle of wine. I mean, how far can you go with this? Well, you can't actually uh, request tobacco or alcohol. Not in the U.S. What the fuck? That's I all I wanted. I would just want like a 40 of King Cobra or something. But yeah, in, <laughs> a ten, in a France, actually, you can get a glass of rum. That's a part of the, A little glass, glass of rum. glass of rum. Why Granted, rum? I don't know why. It's France just, isn't uh, really known for its rum, is it? It's wine, you yeah. think, and a baguette. Must have something to do with naval tradition. Something, I don't know. Pirates or something. So Lawrence Brewer, the white supremacist who dragged uh, the black man to his death, he requested an elaborate meal that included a triple meat bacon cheeseburger, a meat lover's pizza, a big bowl yeah. of okra with ketchup. Okra? A, that's a black person's <laughs> vegetable. What is he doing? A pound no of kind barbecue. Of white supremacist? I think he uh, maybe is like, I don't know, become a little more racially sensitive while he was on death row. Since he's had his butthole stretched <laughs> out by Tyrone. <laughs> A big bowl of ochre with ketchup, a pound of barbecue, half a loaf of bread, peanut butter fudge, a pint of ice cream, and two chicken fried steaks. That all sounds fantastic. Well, it's a rather elaborate meal request, and uh, then and they satisfied it. They brought it to his cell around 4 p.m. He declined it all, saying to prison officials that he was not hungry. <laughs> so apparently this was the last straw for Senator John Whitmire. He said it's extremely inappropriate to give a person sentenced to death such a privilege, a privilege which a perpetrator did not provide to their own victims. He wanted he threatened legislation if the prison system did not end the practice. And uh, so his uh, his concerns were valid and the practice has been halted immediately. Now in Texas, prisoners will be served the same meal as other offenders. Shit on the shingle. Pretty much. Well, it's kind of weird. I mean, uh, I don't really understand why. Where did this tradition come from? Like, what's the point? Yeah, of, I don't know. I mean, why not get it? Like, here's your last hooker or whatever, you know? Or here's your last back rub. Why? Why don't you do other nice things for the guy before he dies? Well, it, it's interesting. It's like for such an inhumane act as the death penalty is, it actually does kind of have humane origins. Really? So in Texas, condemned prisoners choose their final meal two weeks before their execution. They're allowed to select a spiritual advisor, as many as five personal witnesses to the execution, and what color they will wear when they're killed. Really? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I, what, just color or like any type of clothes you want to Are there just like different gowns you can wear and you get to pick which one? Yeah, I'm, it's I'm gotta not sure. Be, many you can't, you can't just wear whatever you want. Well, many choose to stay in their prison whites, I guess. But I, th huh. I think what, what happens here... Is uh, here's a criminal justice professor, um, James Markhart. He said they're trying to make their last moments on Earth as fitting and as comforting as you can. And uh -huh. one of the ways to do that is sending them off with a full stomach. Right, I, I guess. But it makes sense, though. I mean, if you 
provide them with creature comforts, you're going to have a more manageable individual to strap down and execute. I'm not going to be very manageable. <laughs> Even if I just had, you know, like a Denny's Grand Slam, I'm still going to be pretty unmanageable. I mean, what would you be myself. like? You would just, you know how like some of them are just really composed. They just kind of go there. Like uh, Troy Davis, he just kind of had this sad puppy dog look at the people that were, ex- you know, the, the, the no, people No, he that said were something it. about like that I'm innocent and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, would you be screaming and admit that? Oh, yeah. They, 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 <laughs> crying. <laughs> crying like a bitch. After 20 years freaking out. of waiting yeah. for it? Yep. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. I think at who that would point. You, here, my like, question is who would you, who are the five people you invite? Well, that's a good question. And do they, are they obligated to come or they can they RSVP? No. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's no. the thing. Like, uh, I mean, uh, Troy Davis invited his family members. His family actually went there and uh, well, I think that's day. what most people would do. I would find my, but I like, would be, I would try and be more creative. I would find the people that, uh, I, I think what I what I would do is I'd find the people in you know family members and friends I never actually really really liked and then you know I might you know right before they stick the needle in I would tell them off. So yeah, well, I would hope that, I would be one of the five. Oh, so I would totally invite you. <laughs> you got a lot of shit to tell me off about. <laughs> you you would definitely be there. <laughs> be like, hold on, hold on, five more minutes. I'm not done with the whack. <laughs> Make that ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say some of the same thing. I would inv- try and invite like. Girls who snubbed me in junior high. <laughs> <That's perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> but I still would be crying like a bitch, so it would backfire on me. I wouldn't be able to get out all the the telling off that I'd want. So they say here that the last meal custom, a lot of, uh, so this is a sociologist at the University of California in Irvine. He says that it, the last meal custom is insincere. It's paying respects to this person in a civilized way when, in fact, what's going on is deeply barbaric. Oh, fuck you. I mean, how can you be a researcher and obviously have such a biased such opinion Such a biased opinion it? on it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but, but you wonder about it. It's like a lot of prisoners don't request a meal because they think it's hypocritical to take an offering from their killer. Hmm. I mean, wouldn't you kind of feel that way? I wouldn't be able to eat because, like I said, I'd be hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. They say that the abnormally large meals are rooted in a desire to delay the execution, a tragic attempt to prolong life. Like they don't want this meal to end. A slow eater for once in my life. Well, I always thought that I, like this white supremacist guy, Lawrence Brewer, I thought he was ordering that much food so he could kind of give the one last fuck you. Like, I'm going to eat, have all this food inside my stomach. And when you finally. You know, fry me or give me the exec- You know, the the injection. I'm gonna shit all over the place. Yeah, I don't think the injection allows you to do that as much as I the thought. You evacuate when you die. Did you thing. see that South Park? Uh, I didn't see the South Park, but I think that that the injection. I mean, it just relaxes you so much that you're just done. It's a, but I mean, don't you think uh, you you would evacuate your bowels though if your if your stomach was full? What, what's going to happen, dude? It's just in your sphincter still remains tight. Um, well, you'd have to, you'd have to have some pushing ability, right? Maybe not. Maybe not with explosive diarrhea. It's just gravity. I don't really know. I don't really know. Maybe we can ask the UC Irvine professor, anti-death press uh, penalty professor, what he thinks and knows. They say that the, uh, the ancient Greeks, Chinese, and Romans all traditionally gave the condemned men a final meal. Aztecs actually fed their human sacrifices for up to a year before killing them. And fattened them? For the gods. In pre-modern yeah. Europe, uh, they don't even have the death penalty anywhere in Europe. 
Do they anymore? I'm, I don't. Probably not. They're it's so probably, enlightened in those countries. It's probably uh, like one of those. What do you call it? Uh, requirement to get into the EU that you don't have the death penalty. Probably. Yeah, I don't think they do anymore. I mean, they used to, but. Oh yeah, pre- hell yeah! They used to drag you through the street like on a cross. Is know? it? I mean, isn't it? Didn't England Hang you like by your neck until you die from it? Tar and feather wasn't that like uh, an English oh, tradition? Everything. Draw, drawing quarter. No, yeah, hung, drawing quarter. That's a good one. So in pre-modern Europe, granting the condemned the last meal has roots in superstition. A meal was a highly symbolic social act. Accepting freely offered food symbolized making peace with the host. Uh, they say the ritual is supposed to prevent the condemned from returning as a ghost or a revenant to haunt those responsible for the killing. What's a revenant? It must be some kind of spirit creature or something. <laughs> I know, but I just I would think it would be a ghost, but it must be something different because they The specify. Grim Reaper, dude. So I don't know. I mean I wonder I wonder if uh if this was a tradition that they should have done away with. I mean, I'm surprised that we even have a last meal request. You'd think once you're on death row, once you're convicted of a crime, being a murderer, it's like, aren't you kind of like, you know what? All your rights, your privileges, you know, any special treatments kind of gone to the wayside. Yeah, but I mean, if that was the case, then why wouldn't you just throw these people to the dogs, you know, or let them just die in their cell without any food or sanitation or clothing? I think we've discussed it on the go show. On, I've always thought go gladiator dark combat. ages dungeon type thing, you know. I always thought gladiator combat to the death. The one that wins gets to walk free. But then half the people who are on death row get to go. That's not really a good. No, idea. you have a full on like you know uh, uh, process of elimination. Oh, so there's like. 50 and the last one is the only one who gets to escape but then he's clearly the biggest badass so do you want the biggest <laughs> badass serial killer on the loose well you know i mean it's that's just you the, won that's the justice system you did win you killed all the other prisoners and uh yeah you're a very dangerous man don't commit any more crimes but um yeah you're free Shalom. to go <laughs> so i don't know lawrence brewer kind of ruined it for everybody so i think that dude did kind of give a last fuck you to his uh to his fellow inmates on death row. Well, yeah, the, plus, one of the people who have problems with death row, they point out that the majority of people on death row are black. So this was his last way to screw the black man. I think he, he uh, officially screwed the black man once again. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a metaphorical dragging the dragging of the black man behind the car. Yes. This way, Assimilate. just denying him a, uh, a piece of fried chicken and some okra. He dragged the last meal behind the car until it was gone. That's what he did. Something like that. So, Wanker, this is episode uh, 296 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show. We did three listener stories. Uh, The first one was about a potato gun misfire in Kentucky. Yes. Um, Second one was about a stun gun wife beater. Do you actually see on the website, I I found a picture of that actual stun gun, the Cobra, the Black Cobra? No, I didn't see that. Did did you know that we have a website? <laughs> I didn't know that. I look at it once <laughs> once in a while. Have you have you ever seen it's new. It's not it's not the one that uh you know with the green background. That was the best <laughs> one. The pink lettering. <laughs> they kind of flashed. Did, did they have like you you made that one, right? Oh yeah. yeah. It had a git an animated gif. An animated <laughs> gif that flashes. Yeah, definitely a very classy website. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, third story was about an eel that uh, slipped up a guy's dick hole. Um, as you might have guessed, that one uh, that one actually won with a, by, by a landslide. I mean, there was like over 100 more votes for that story than the other two. 
Wow. So apparently people were uh, rather disgusted by that one. So congratulations, listener three. You won Sick and Wrong, episode 295. Uh, People, you know the way the show works. Uh, You send us stories. We read them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a Sick and Wrong care package. Send it to Facebook. Send them via Facebook. Don't, don't post the link on my page. I hate that. (laughs) I hate it. Seriously. You know what? I'm I'm beginning to hate when people... Facebook message me just the link with no commentary. Like I thought this was funny because blah blah blah. Like, but at know, least they're messaging tell you, me and not posting it on your wall. Oh yeah, well, I you know what I'm gonna do? Too. I'm gonna like have a picture just of my taint, and I'm going to email that to them. <laughs> like I'll post that taint picture on the wall. It just says D's taint. It's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what what you're gonna get when you post a story on my Facebook wall. But anyway, you can send them. You can message them through Facebook. Send it to uh, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Submit through the forum. There's many different avenues to get us uh, one of your sick and wrong stories. Well, we did get some good ones this week, though. But before we get to that, quick word from our esteemed sponsor, audible.com. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment information and educational programming. You can listen to Audible books on your personal computer, your CD, or your iPod player. Why do they call it personal computer, Wacker? Because, like, back, you know, when you see those old movies and they've got the big computer that fills up the entire room like and the main the wheels are spinning around. Yeah, that would that was used to be what a computer was. But then you could have a personal computer in your home, but aren't from which you could listen personal? to an audio book. But all computers now are personal computers, right? I mean, you don't it's share a your computer with somebody. It's a revenant of an older, simpler time. <laughs> You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. There's over 1,000 science and tech titles, 1,100 science fiction and fantasy. I bet you could probably read a tech title from Audible that would explain you, explain to you why they call computers personal computers. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure like Bill Gates or someone wrote a book about personal computers. He wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> There's over 75,000 titles to choose from. Every genre Audible has it covered. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle. Get your free audiobook today. So, Wanker, we got a few good uh, stories here for episode 296. Uh, Let me kick it off with the first listener submission. Uh, this one came in from via Twitter from uh, a guy named Paul. Paul likes to, to twit stories to me. He just uh-huh. twits them, twats them, regardless, you know. Right, you he direct know, messages you, hopefully. No, he, he, he uh, like will actually be like a full-on mention, like it's a mention. You know how like oh. you can look at mentions? Do you like that in comparison to the Facebook wall posting? Is that all right? No, you know, I don't, I don't really know like i don't understand the whole like uh the whole point of a retweet what's the point of a retweet well it's something you think is funny (laughs) it's like it's like when you go to a party and uh you just quote you know lines from airplane all night long because you're and you're just super hilarious so i'm retweeting those lines yes and everybody that follows you now sees the funny joke that somebody else made up, but you sort of get a little bit of credit for it, and maybe they don't follow that person. But people ask I, me I personal do it all the questions, time, though. Because I don't really have a lot to say on Twitter, but I sometimes do see funny things that I retweet, hoping noticed, that some of though, the hilarity will reflect on me. 
I've noticed people will tweet me something, like a question, and then I'll respond to it, like a reply, but is that technically a retweet? I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not an expert at the Twitters or anything. I'm not Al Gore. You've been doing the Didn't Twits for a long time, though. You've been on the yeah, Tweeters. I've been on it for a while, but I think that you probably have, have twatted more than I have. I might have. Well, anyway, uh, Paul twatted this story to me. And it's a hell of a story. Pregnant teenager and her unborn baby die after mother's drug stash splits open. Whoa. A Georgia mom may face double manslaughter charges after a pregnant daughter and unborn child um, hid meth or died after uh, hiding meth in her body. Wait a minute. I'm confused. This is back to the day when I can't, couldn't fi- follow any articles. There's a mom and her pregnant daughter. So her, the mom has a daughter who's pregnant, born, <laughs> has a baby inside her. An and the daughter child. and the baby died because of the mom's drug stash? The Georgia mom <laughs> apparently, I guess, uh, convinced the daughter, the pregnant daughter, to hide drugs inside oh, of her body. Got it. Yeah. That's, that's a good grandma. That's one thing, it. though, that women definitely have an advantage over men. I mean, they have more places to hide drugs. Yes. Than we do. I mean, not yeah. only drugs, anything. They can hide anything. anything. They just have different holes. But no when you hear. Control. Yeah, when you hear inside, like drugs inside your body, it just. Uh, nothing good can come of that. You know, there's some drugs in her hole. I just, I just feel. I feel like this isn't the first time the girl's done this either. <laughs> so you're, just, you're not pro muling, is what you're saying. No, I, I just do in not way, think that you should. How, how are you supposed to get drugs into the country if you can't mule them? I think you could do submarines. I like the narco subs. I think that's fine. Submarines. <laughs> I, I kind of I, I like the way, when they I like when they hide them in food or bake them into like you know the cocaine cake. <laughs> I like. I, I'm a fan of the tunnel. Yeah, the, the tunnel, tunnel the, under the border that comes up like you know 50 miles past the the Mexico U.S. border. I like that that method. And then you go down there and it's like fully lit, and there's like fire extinguishers and those defibrillators every 50 feet. It's really like high-class operation in that tunnel. And sometimes they'll even have a mine car so you can pretend like, you know, you're in Indiana Jones Part 2. Yeah, no, I, I, I like, yeah, I like inventive ways. Just having people, like, you know, stuff a bunch of drugs into a condom and swallow it and then, you know, go on a plane. I don't know, I think it lacks creativity. Lacks Plus, I don't like to do the drugs that have been in somebody's butthole. Yeah, and that's gross, too. I mean, they have to, uh, you know, release those drugs. It's It's <laughs> disgusting. So April Flood here, uh, the mother, has been accused of asking her 19-year-old daughter, Megan, to hide a stash of crystal meth inside her body. It's wonderful parenting. The teen was five months pregnant at the time. She allegedly hid the drugs inside her vagina after being pulled over by police during a routine traffic stop. Oh, so this, was a, this wasn't a smuggling operation. This was a, oh shit, the cops just pulled us over operation. And the mother's like, I already got, you know, I already have a bench warrant out. And, you know, I can't get caught with this. You got to shove them inside your pussy. Yes. You know, the, 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 the sad truth is probably nothing would have even happened. Like, she could have put them in her sock and it would have been fine. I don't think she would have been Especially because she's pregnant, right? Yeah, she's she pregnant. Just be like, I'm pregnant. Oh, my. Oh, my God. I've got the vapors or whatever, you know. And the cops would be like, oh, okay, get out of here. We don't want anything or to she happen. could feign morning sickness, you know, and, yeah. and puke on the cop or something. Right. So uh, Megan Long, the daughter, later died in the hospital after the bag containing up to seven ounces of the drug split open. Her That's baby was of... born, stillborn, 
but very, very high. That's a lot of crystal meth. <laughs> just totally just like slipped out, just completely tweaking. Couldn't even cry because he was just tweaking too hot too hard, you right. know? Um Get me to the gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, the kid came out just covered in acne and just picking on its face. Yeah. Um talking about how everybody's out to get it. Seven ounces though, that's a lot. That doctor poked me in the eye when he was pulling me out of the vagina. He hates me. <laughs> that fucker. Seven ounces of the drug, though. That's a lot. I mean, I mean how many it, grams is in an ounce? I mean, to mix units, systems of measurement. I don't know. I mean, was this like a Ziploc freezer bag that she shoved up there? That's a lot of... <laughs> hefty cinch sack? Yeah, that's just a lot of drugs to be carrying on you at one time, you know? Uh, well, the intent to sell, right? But uh, yeah, it didn't say that it was, it just said it was just in one bag here. Uh, County coroner Alan Robbins said there's a strong possibility Megan died after meth seeped into her system. Really? <laughs> he says that uh, we believe that some type of drug was involved in the overall incident. I, th I think you could just look at her mom and be like, okay, I kind of know what drug is involved in this. It wasn't Tylenol. What's um, the total scab count in the car? <laughs> got to be in the triple digits of scabs, right? Well, and plus you could count like the number of teeth that she has on one hand. <laughs> the uh, scab count is high. <laughs> the tooth count is, is low. low. <laughs> Investigators are trying to determine who asked the daughter to hide the drugs in her body. So here's the situation. The teen who had a two-year-old son was in the car with her mother and boyfriend, Eddie Duke. When they were pulled over by police near their trailer in Murray County, Georgia. You could just tell that name, Eddie Duke. Just a squirrely meth addict name. I can yeah. can't you just picture that guy probably always wearing a like a stained wife beater? Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say he probably hasn't worn a shirt for like yeah. three years. Or if he does go in public, stained wife beater. But yeah, he usually yeah. never wears a shirt. I would picture to have either a shaved head or lines shaved in the side of his head. With the mullet in the back. Yeah, with the mullet. Maybe or a rat tail. Maybe a little rat Probably tail. Probably shaved at this day, in this day and age. The victim's mother has allegedly admitted her daughter hid the drugs in her body, but she denied asking her to do it. Duke, Eddie Duke, the boyfriend, has gone into hiding since her death. Um, <laughs> the dead teen's father has accused the mother of asking her pregnant daughter to hide the drugs and said that the drugs actually belonged to the mother. Um, he said that his ex-wife... Is Eddie Duke the father, or is this another person? Well, Eddie Duke is the father of the unborn child. This is right. the dead teen's father, so this is another person. Good God, this story. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the thing with white trash. It's just like they... You know, the, the family tree is basically just a stump. You know, it doesn't really go anywhere. And it, but it, there are all these just people that are not related, but yet probably had sex with her. Yeah. Um... The dead teen's father accused the mother of asking her pregnant daughter to hide the drugs. She said that the, the ex-wife admitted to him that she asked the pregnant teen to hide the drugs. She said they, they, they had got pulled over, and she stuffed a quarter ounce inside her. And when they got here, they were going to take it back out, but there wasn't anything left but a bag. Can't you hear? I mean, it, it, it seems like so it was the whole family kind of standing around, like waiting for her just to, you know, grab it out of her pussy. What else does she have I in there? So. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Here's a three-week-old tampon. Um, <laughs> Do girls have Big their Mac. period when they're pregnant? I, I, you know, I don't know. I think I skipped that day in health class. 
I think you don't, right? Because that's why when your girlfriend doesn't have her periods, because she's pregnant, and then she's not going to have one for nine months. Yeah. So but, your tampon idea is bullshit. Yeah, but you know she was pregnant. She was pregnant. Okay, so a six-month-old tampon. She was only pregnant for five. Old tampon. That's better. That's that could have worked. I forgot that was up there. Can't you just hear that disappointing music? It's just like an empty meth bag. Where did all the meth go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The sister said, I know what killed her. We all know what killed her. It was meth. It's true. Oh, there's a sister now? Uh, I'm sure she had enough meth in her system to begin with, right? This was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I think uh, this is just a little too much meth in her system. Uh, Megan and her stillborn daughter, whom she had already decided to call Madison, were buried in the same casket a week after her death. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Madison. That's just a good stripper name. This is kind of a new thing, right, where you name your kid when it's like one week in gestation. You've got this name for it and everything. Well, it's because can't they uh, determine the sex now, like the day after the baby's conceived? Almost, yeah. But still, the name thing, you've already got it, you know, I don't know. No, I think it's i think it's kind of premature. How do you know if the kid's not going to be born retarded? Then you'd want to name it like a circus clown name, like Rotundo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to, even if it's not retarded, I want to get a good look at it and be like, yeah, it looks like a Steed. Uh, Stan. Stan. It's a Stan. <laughs> this baby definitely looks like a George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale... You know, it's a horrible way to go. I imagine she probably is going through uh, just overdosing on meth just seems like a horrible way to go. It's probably Mm -hmm. like a heart attack, probably cardiac arrest from your heart just exploding from being so high on bathtub crank. I'm giving this five stars. I give it I give it five for the unborn child. I almost I want to give it five stars, too, because I bet you that family was totally planning on doing the meth that was extracted from this girl's vagina. The whole family. Well, most of the meth. <laughs> Some of it would be for sale, I think. What do you have here for episode uh, 296 here, Wanker? Um, this one comes from Peter, who lives in uh, Alabama. But he found this story about the UK. So uh, there's three characters. Anthony Dabs is 18, and he he likes not meth, but remember this mephedrone, mephedrone, methadrone. Yeah, it was like the legal cocaine, legal ecstasy. Is it, it was billed as? Do they it used to be legal, especially in the UK? I think. It was do they have tweakers in uh, in the UK? They must. I don't they must know, you have never discovered hear about... the joys of methamphetamine there, haven't they? I don't, a lot of people do. When it, I was though. there, you know, a lot of people are doing coke, like way more than here. Not that it's unheard of here, but like everybody seems to be on it over there. Well, I know they do like other designer drugs, like meow meow and ecstasy and stuff right. like that. But uh, you never hear them like, oh, okay, you know, you have this horrible meth problem. Well, cocaine. I feel like cocaine and methamphetamine are always sort of in. They're, well, they're, like, they're cousins. Fighting, fighting for, yeah, but people either like one or the other, right? Or one or the other is in vogue, and I think it's probably more cocaine over there. Which yeah. I wonder where they get it from. Doesn't isn't you got to grow it in South America, right? It doesn't grow? Does it grow in Africa? Well, I know, I know it's really expensive 
in England. But I think what I think really? what it is, it's all mules. They go to like Colombia or something, or they come to America and then shove a bunch of condoms full of coke inside of them, and then <laughs> so all the coke in London is, is shit out by Scotsmen. It's all butthole coke. <laughs> totally, mm. dude. Well, I should have rethought that trip a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I forgot. Well, they have mephedrone, though. We I think we did talk about this before because I I think it makes you nuts. But it, and it's recently be, been. Um, it's one of those designer uh, drugs. Well, and it's recently been put on the illegal drug list there. Uh, well, Anthony Dabbs liked the stuff, <laughs> and he needed to. He actually borrowed 200 pounds from a couple of ruffians. One's named Chris Lilly, and the other one, I shit you not, is named Dick Johnson. <laughs> it goes by Richard, but from now here on out in the story, he's going to be called Dick. And uh, those dudes were both 24. It's a 24-year-old loan shark. It's pretty good. So 24-year-old champ drug dealers, then. This is in London? This is in London. It's not clear whether they were dealing the drugs or whether they just gave him the money to go buy the drugs elsewhere. I I suspect they probably sold him the drugs, right? I imagine. 200 pounds is a lot, I would think. Maybe not. Yeah. I bet you It's not seven ounces worth. I bet you the girl from the other uh, story probably could have shoved all of that inside her vagina. <laughs> I think all that and more. <laughs> but listen to this. This is very English. So they wanted to collect, right, because the guy was basically a deadbeat. He wasn't paying them back the 200 pounds. They sent a taxi to get to pick him up. That's rather, that's rather genteel. It's, it sounds like something out of a Guy Ritchie movie. Yes. You know? It's nice. I mean, I'd like to get picked up in a taxi. Okay, you know, I picture like a black uh, West Indies sounding uh, uh, English guy named Brixton that like pulls up in the cab and is just like, get in, mate. You know, and then the dude gets <laughs> yeah. in and it's like kind of Guy Ritchie music. Yeah. Um, so they brought, the taxi brought him to uh, their place, the uh, ne'er-do-wells. And, uh, well, let's the move on here. <laughs> they, when he got there, Mr. Dabbs was threatened by and ordered upstairs. I'm amazed he even got in the cab. What an idiot. Maybe he was high at the time. I don't know. Maybe they told him they were taking him to a birthday party or something. Or a strip club or something. Actually, we're going to a strip club. There's going to be a bunch of naked birds. No, you're going to love it. Do they have strip clubs in England? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) Do you want to see any of those girls, any of those northern birds naked? Some of them. I guess a couple. (laughs) Depends how much mephedrone I've had. Uh, Lily, once he got upstairs, Lily pushed him onto the bed and removed his trousers. This is not going anywhere you like it to go at this point. Yeah, this is totally the opposite of a lap dance. Lily then turned on a hair straightener, which is like a hot curling iron type thing, but it's instead of curling, it makes it straight. Do you see what I'm saying? Wow, yeah, this is definitely not going in a good place. <laughs> Your girlfriend probably has one, which now the story will resonate with you more. No, she does. It's always on top of the toilet. <laughs> uh, he turned on the straightener. Remember, Mr. Deb's pants are off at this point. Uh, both his trousers and his pants, for people from the UK that are listening. Both his pants and his underpants, for people in the US. You follow? Yeah, they pull his knickers down. <laughs> <laughs> and well obviously we all know where this is going they clamped the hot hair straightener onto mr deb's genitals for a few seconds wow this now, is totally this is, a guy Ritchie movie 
<laughs> I, I didn't see this Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, Mr. Howie is the guy who's prosecuting the two ruffians for this, uh, you know, brutal attack. He says that um, uh, the guy felt burning pain for a minute, but then the pain went and he didn't feel anything, which is probably a bad sign, you know, like full-on nerve damage. The attack only ended when three girls interrupted the evil pair and shouted, You're sick! (laughs) (laughs) Lily and Johnson, both of Horwich, uh, both pleaded guilty to wounding. (laughs) Judge Susan Grocott described the incident as particularly unpleasant. (laughs) She said, Whilst it might have lasted only moments, the application of the straighteners was sufficient to cause full thickness burns to the penis. And for some time afterwards, Mr. Dabbs lost some function, although it has now been restored. She sounds like she personally, you know, can attest to that. But you know, penis but, is working. Okay, I, I think you might be giving these guys a raw deal. I mean, maybe they're raw trying, deal, Bennett. Maybe they were trying to uh, straighten his tight and curlies. You know, he's like he was, he was pubic hair. They maybe just missed. Yeah, maybe they're trying to just straighten some of the pubes. What did they go to the faulty rabbi school of circumcision? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I cut off the entire penis. Sorry well, about that. Just have bad aim, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's national healthcare. They couldn't get the proper optical prescription, probably. <laughs> they actually, uh, this dude actually, he went into hiding for a while because he was so scared. And then even his whole family moved to Scotland, I think, to get away from these two guys. But I mean, what what happened to his dick? Apparently, it's back to normal. <laughs> I don't know. There was full thickness scarring, but now it's fine. It's kind of going to hurt the score a little bit, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds like, uh, I don't know, I guess in my opinion, I'd feel like the guy kind of deserved it. He reneged on his loan here. He's a dead Yeah, he's a drug addict. He's a drug addict. And uh, how He's going to get laid at least a couple times by being like, did I ever tell you how I got my dick scarred? And then he's going to get to show it to the girl. Pity fuck. Yeah. At least, at least one pity fuck. But then again, I'm it's sure now, a lot of those North- it's now bumpy for your pleasure with you know scar tissue. <laughs> New definition of ribbed. But um, the thing is with this guy though, and I, that's why I kind of have some empathy for the assailants, the offenders here. You can beat this guy's ass countless times, and he's still not going to learn. He's a drug addict. The only thing you can yeah. do is leave a permanent reminder. They still probably didn't get their two hundred pounds back though. No, but at least you get the uh, satisfaction of having burned this guy's John Thomas. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wake up yearning for every morning. If, if I could I, only burn some guy's cock with ha- a hair device. If I were these guys and I was willing to go to that extreme, like to the point of burning this dude's cock, I would have branded him at that point. At least leave him a con- you know a reminder, maybe tag tag something in his uh write your name car. on his cock with yeah, his car. Or something like d you know it's i could probably do that in three letters what about the hot, the hot curling iron just right up the b-hole that could probably could be fatal right yeah i bet you that could do like internal damage or something <laughs> i think no i think definitely uh, maiming the guy's penis is the way to go rating this story is gonna be difficult because uh the, you know I, I feel like the guy deserved it i have empathy for the assailants and the dude recovered fully. I'm, I'm giving this a, a three. A three, huh? Yeah. Several months he had loss of function. And the burn was two centimeters by five centimeters, which is some crazy English measurement system. It's not even I don't that even bad. Know what it means. 
Although you probably <laughs> it's not that bad. A two centimeter by five centimeter burn sounds pretty bad. Although you probably could not jerk off for a long time. No, that would be terrible. And I wonder if there was like a big pussy blister that had to pop at some point. All right, I'm brazen. It's it's a four now. <laughs> okay. It's just disgusting. I also give it four. All right, the third story here uh, for for the show came in from WB from the Mile High, whatever that means. Is this a little frog? And I think it's that actual station that plays a lot of uh, urban programming. Yeah, WB. don't you remember the little frog? Oh, is it the frog? <laughs> that, the like, WB? Might, it might have. It might as well have had blackface paint on because it was like, <laughs> "Mammy, mammy, oh, come and watch the WB." Uh, and he's like doing this little shucking and jiving. I don't know how they ever like got that past the uh, PC. Is, is this WB people. still uh, still on cable television? I mean, I think WB it might still be network? gone. I think it might have merged with something else, like USA B-E-T. or something. Not BET. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he writes, more on the night out on the town. I've heard of dead drunk before, but not just dead. Do you think he got stiff at the strip club, or was he already still? This is uh, mm. WB from the Mile High. He's referring <laughs> to... Job. You might have heard this story. It's kind of a a modern take on the, 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 show, the, movie, uh, the 80s movie Weekend at Bernie's. Two accused in Denver of taking a dead buddy out for a night on the town. So Weekend at Bernie's, was that in Colorado? Wasn't that in Denver? Was that in Colorado? Oh, I think it was in Florida. Oh. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. There's that. a lot of seafaring and beach scenes, if you'll recall, recall correctly. But there's a, there's a sequel also. Maybe that was in Colorado. What, what am I thinking? I'm thinking things to do in Denver when you're dead. <laughs> you ever see that? No. Everybody always recommends it, though. But it's a good movie. I've seen it. So Jeffrey Jarrett bought his roommate and a friend a round of drinks, some Mexican food, and a trip to strip club Shotgun Willie's one night in late August. But while Jarrett, was, for a strip club. while Jarrett was present for some of the fun, he wasn't alive to enjoy any of it. It's almost a real-life version of uh, Weekend of Bernie's. Yeah, I do love the name of that strip club, Shotgun Willie's. I would hang, you could just picture what the girls look like at a place like that. Beards. You know? <laughs> I just picture like one leg, yeah. you know, and uh, some really bad tattoos. So you used to work at a strip club. Are can the girls turn down a lap dance if you go if you go up to a girl and you say oh, I'd like a lap dance, please? Here's my money. Are they allowed to say like No, I'm not giving you a lap dance. You're disgusting. Yeah, no, already they got t- they a big t- cum stain on your pants already. No, I think it depends on the club, but I know it like uh, the Gold Club when I used to work there. Uh, yeah, they would turn down people all the time because oh, they'd really? be like, "I'm busy" or blah blah blah. But I think at the Roaring Twenties, there's just this level of desperation in some of those smaller <laughs> strip clubs that they're just yeah. like, "I don't even care if you have shit, you know, running down your leg. I'm still gonna like give you a lap dance, just not sit on that side of your pants." That's got to really do wonders for your sense of self worth if you get turned down by the stripper for a. <laughs> just totally denied although i remember uh a, a girl with uh there's a girl that worked i think one of the strip clubs on broadway street that I used to work at she said she would never give a lap dance to indian guys because they smell like shit she was like oh, they hmm. smell so bad she goes i can't even she goes i feel like i'm gonna puke if i give them dance there's probably a tipping aspect involved too yeah i'm sure that's i'm sure that's some of it so uh, it, this was a, uh, yeah, very similar to the, the film Weekend at Bernie's. Den- Denver prosecutors have charged the two men with abusing corpse, identity theft, and criminal impersonation. So uh, they say they, 
the two men, the, 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 uh, his friend, his roommate and a friend here, they loaded Jeffrey Jarrett's body into a car and drove him to various stops around Denver for a night out, including a bar and a restaurant, while they used his bank card at an ATM. That's what I don't understand is how did they know his pin? <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> I well, I mean, something must. I mean, uh, the one guy must have. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's interesting because you can't just use your bank card. No. So I don't know. Even, even if you go up to the teller, they make you put the pin in nowadays. Well, neither one of his charge. Neither one of the uh, the, the 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 two accused here is charged in Jared's death. Um, a relative said that while the case is pending, said it all began after Jared, the deceased, invited a struggling. Uh, Young here uh, is one of the one of the guys here, his buddy, uh, from their days at Colorado State University to stay with him for a few months until Young could get back on his feet. I guess Young arrived over at Jared's house, and uh, he found him unresponsive. Mm-hmm. So he he found him, uh, you know, he arrived and he was already dead. But rather than calling nine one one like a regular person, he went to a restaurant where his friend Rubinson worked. <coughs> Rubinson. Rubinson. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, they went uh, to back to so Rubinson and Young went back to the deceased house, and they loaded him into Rubinson's Lincoln Navigator. Then took mm. they took him the corpse to Teddy T's Bar and Grill, and uh, Jared's body remained in the back seat while the pair drank on his tab. This is what I don't understand: is why not just steal the man's wallet? Why bring the corpse with you? I don't know. That's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, they didn't even bring him into the restaurant. Are there drugs involved here? It doesn't say that. It just says they went out drinking. Um, <laughs> they said they stopped at Sam's number three, and uh, then they went over to, uh, they went for a meal at Viva Burrito, and then they somehow withdrew $400 at Shotgun Willie's, remaining at the strip club until closing time. Now then, this actually... I, this is credible to me because ATMs at strip clubs are the shadiest of all ATMs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you don't even they, they will give you money as long as you have a card. It doesn't. It could have a woman's name on that card. It could be a, the, uh, the the opposite sex. They'll still give you money. They just want the money. They don't care where it's coming from. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. I mean, they they, they will give you money regardless. So I, I'm sure these two guys probably. I bet you they could have taken the dead guy, you know, wheeled the dead guy in on a wheelchair and been like, "Oh, it's his car." And they were like, "Okay, fine. Here's four hundred bucks." Oh wait, so that didn't happen. The, stri- the dead guy never made it into the strip club. I think they just left him in the car. Oh, this whole points time. are being deducted. <laughs> but at least I they, the dead they, guy was in the strip club at some point. But at least they, uh, they, you know, they brought him along for the ride. So at about 4 a.m., strip clubs closed. They had already eaten their Mexican food. Uh, they finally flagged down a police officer and told him that Jarrett might be dead at his house. So I guess they dropped the body back off, put him back on the couch, same position, wiped off the lip gloss kisses and uh, uh-huh. some of the lipstick uh, stains there. You can't, you, can't, you can't get that stripper perfume smell out, though. Yeah, I know, that cotton candy solves that perfume. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they called the police officer and they said that they, uh, that they might be dead at his house. Um, I think police... Why do strippers wear that horrible perfume? I don't know. Is it because they get sort of sweaty and, and a little bit gamey because they're dancing and then they've got to cover it up and they need something cheap because they're using so much of it? That's my theory. Well, I think it kills the tuna smell. 
you know <laughs> right but, but they i mean strippers make a lot of money they could use like good perfume but i mean i guess why would they they probably save the good perfume for when they're with their actual boyfriend yeah and so i think that what they do is they just kind of have that spray on it's sort of like axe body spray for chicks you know i mean seriously <laughs> yeah. it's like a lot of those strippers after working a like a full eight hour shift of like you know rubbing their crotches on just random dudes they tend to mm-hmm. smell like a seafood paella. It's not good. So any <laughs> any any perfume would smell better than what their their natural smell would be. Right. Do they have a shower there? That they, is it like the gym? Is there a shower in the back? Or are you just on your own? I think the manager just hoses them down like cold water. <laughs> just yeah, spray them right. down. You know, it's uh, a it's a it's like a Lysol bath. Yeah. You know, they they check them. They delouse them in the back and put them back nice. on the floor. Perfect. Um, Denver Police Department spokesman there, Sonny Jackson, said, This is a bizarre and unfortunate crime. This isn't anything you want to have happen to a loved one. You want them treated with respect in death. I disagree with that statement. I don't feel that his friends were disres- disrespectful, really. I mean, if you think about it, other than stealing his ATM card, other than well, that, I would a love... Big thing. Yeah, but I would love for my friends to take me out for one last night on the town. I wouldn't want to be left in the car, though. No, I would. I would like want to be like you know, brought into the strip club. I mean, I think that's a great way to Put pay the your sunglasses respects. on. Yeah, even if uh, like I was that. cremated, I wouldn't mind that. Like if I was cremated, I wouldn't mind you guys going to a few strip clubs with you know with my ashes and eventually just pouring them all over a stripper and making it rain. <laughs> Do we warn her first? <laughs> no, just do it. Because I think somebody's going to get punched in the face by the bouncer. Yeah, but that's my will, and you know, I'd, I give it. you five hundred dollars for your trouble. Oh. Just, All right. just make it rain. Make it rain D. I think that'd be great. <laughs> uh, his family now wants to find out how he died and whether he could have been saved if Young had called for help rather than going to meet a friend. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, most likely, I'm sure he could have been saved. Yeah. I mean, you can, can you call you can call 911, and when they come and then just determine that you're dead, then just be like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Where are you going with that body? <laughs> <laughs> I present you with D's will, Exhibit A. Uh, we are to take the body around for a night of drinking. So, I would have, uh, yeah, way. and I, I bet you the cop would be like, all right, you guys want to ride? <laughs> <laughs> Can I come? <laughs> I like the strip club. I mean, I would, I would totally pay for it. I would, you know, with my last in my will, I'd have my money and be like, you know what, I'm gonna, you guys take me out. I'm gonna have ten thousand dollars, blow the whole thing, nice. and in the end, find a random stripper and just dump my ashes all over her face. That will be fun. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to change my will. I think that, that, that might be a good idea. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I got to give this... Um, I mean, I, I don't think it was that disrespectful. I don't think it was... It, it, it is kind of weird that they were they loaded their dead friend into the car. I mean, I think they could have just stolen his ID. I'm going to give this a 4.25. I'm giving it... A three and a half. A three and a half? It's yeah. kind of low. It's kind of low, but maybe a four for for hilarity that might have ensued but really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny, but yeah, it wasn't even as... I mean, what, what was the reason that uh, in uh, Weekend at Bernie's, weren't they running from the mob or something? Is that There's why they about the fooling the mob into thinking that he was still alive because that was the only way they could stay alive. Although it would have been, I wonder great. how many. I wonder how many people saw him in the parking lot of the strip club and just thought that he was wasted you know? and passed it's out. It's probably a pretty typical scene. Some guy passed out in his car outside the strip club. I think it's fairly common at Shotgun Willie's. The season, disco, 
Yeah, you see some guy get kicked out for grabbing some girl's tit and then just passing out in the back seat while his friends are still in the club. Yeah, his friends are like, we're not leaving. <laughs> You're the asshole. <laughs> Go sit in the car. People, you can decide who won episode 296. Go vote, com. Well, Wacker, we got a few phone calls, some emails to get to, all sorts of stuff going on before we get out of here. Uh, people can call the Signal Wrong Hotline 206-666-3846. Before we get to our first call, here's a word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Hey, Sick and Wrong fans. Did you know that this month is International Butt Plug Month? It's true. Go to adamandeve.com and check out their huge selection. There's dildos, butt plugs, vibrators, and jack-off sleeves in sizes ranging from baby dick to John Holmes. Remember to enter the coupon code DIDDLE at checkout. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like Kitty does to herself while listening to Dee and Lance. You'll get 50% off just about any item. Six free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a special bonus gift. Go to adamandeve.com today. So, Wacker, we got a few phone calls here at the Sigrong Hotline. Um, this first one actually is kind of, uh, kind of, kind of relates to our last... Or it's in reference to... I think uh, a couple shows ago, we were talking about how chicks behave at a bachelor bachelorette party. Yeah, I don't remember what we said, but okay. I, I think we were talking about how they're all like uh, sluts or something, or or they or or do they really have sex with the the male strippers? So this guy actually right. is, a, is a male stripper here, so we'll find hmm. out what happens. Interesting. Hey guys, I was just listening to episode two ninety one. This is uh, No God. And I just wanted to let you know that, yes, at male strip clubs, women fuck the strippers all the time. I used to work at a club. I live over in the Chicago area. I used to work at the Sugar Shack. And bachelorettes are far more unfaithful than bachelors ever could dream of being. Women at strip clubs fuck the strippers, fuck the waiters, stuff like that. Bachelorette, fuck a waiter at the table during the middle of the show. And soft women are absolutely nuts. They make men look like choir boys when you get a group of them behind closed doors. Anyway, just thought I'd share. Later. Mm. Dude, what would be your stripper character? Like, what would you do? <laughs> would you be rooster boy? No, I hate birds. I would do, I would do some type of medieval warrior. <laughs> you would be you know, like, like a barbarian, like a Frank Rosetta kind, kind of Probably character. more like a dwarf. <laughs> like a dwarf with an axe. Fat I dwarf. think I would be Hasidic Jew, like rabbi, like the rabbi. Uh-huh. I'd come out yeah. with my prayer shawl, but naked. The like Torah? Just, yeah. Like I could like... have a Torah like in front of my crotch. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it would be kind of cool, but, but with like a fake beard and a hat. Like that yeah, wouldn't come definitely. off the the Full robe. Well, the robe would come off. The shawl would come off. You know, and yeah, eventually the shawl doesn't need to come off. <laughs> well, I guess can, I could, you know you got to tease with the shawl. Yeah, but I want to show off like my abs. You know, and I, I want them to be able to see it because I'd have to have like rock hard abs if I was a. Well, now that my balls are even, you know, <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> but you, but but you're just what coming out in like a like a loincloth or something and a chain mail or something. Yeah, no, I would have full-on heavy armor, and I would slowly <laughs> take it off. I would have a big real beard. <laughs> like Dude, I just beard. That is, But that character doesn't even fit you. You should be like <laughs> like a like a robot or something, like Stephen Hawking or something. Okay, maybe <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Hawking and just roll out in the wheelchair. But then magically like come out. How do I get my clothes off if I'm completely paralyzed? Well, I would have a robot. 
Yeah, you'd have a robot that would do it, and then you could still like be like, "Hey, sexy ladies," you know. You'd have that voice. Yeah, I, I, I just, see, I just see that working. Or maybe it would be audience participation. Yeah, Please, I know they could come remove and... my pants. <laughs> so this guy here, No God, do you think that was his stripper name? Like he was just the no atheist God. stripper. Like, he comes out <laughs> yeah. and just like he's a, ni- a nihilist and he hates God. No yeah. God, center stage. And he's <laughs> uh, I, I atheists just, are, are like becoming the vegan of the religious world. You know, they just will never shut up, and they're tedious. Well, I just picture this guy to look like the dude in Sprockets. You know, like all black and just you know, really quoting Nietzsche and just hating <laughs> hating the fact of being there. But that's his whole uh, act. You know, I would bet dollars to donuts he looks like one of the dudes off the Jersey Shore. Yeah, but he's <laughs> still an atheist. Really <laughs> yeah. No, it, I don't believe in God, bro. What do you think of this contention, though, that bachelorettes are just complete sluts when they're behind closed doors at the sugar shack? I think it's hilarious for any dude who's about to get married. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. It's just like your 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 wife takes us seriously, or one last night out. Whereas yeah. I don't think most guys. Time are going, for my bachelorette party. I mean, that's sort of a new thing, right? Like in the days of Mad Men, like the guy had a bachelor party and the woman stayed home and like you know sewed her dress at home. Or or they would watch TV. Yeah, exactly, and make bouquets or something. Like I don't. I don't old, th- yeah. Yeah, I don't think they had stag parties. It was a guy's thing. Yeah. And but now, I, I but think- now with equality, you know, the girls have to go out to their strip club too, and it turns out. Whereas the guy, you can't really fuck the stripper. You get your ass beat by the by the bouncer to, for even touching her. But the girls, they're just going buck wild. You know, it's interesting. I don't really know too many girls that frequent male strip clubs. Hmm. Is, is, do you think it's I like do. a Midwestern thing? I mean, do you, how many? No, it's not a Midwestern thing. I just don't. I don't know too many girls that are like, oh, you know, we're gonna go to the strip club. It's... I do. <laughs> for sure. Well, birthday what, parties, everything. I know a girl who every every birthday she goes with her girl to a male strip club. Yeah, wow. And is she? There's the, a bunch of them in your area now. Maybe you should go check one out. Is she the type though to have sex with with uh, one of the strippers? Well, obviously, I wasn't told that, but now I'm having second thoughts. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. So there you go, guys. I think uh, the job to be is. Is uh, not not necessarily a male stripper. You could just work at a male strip club, and you're going to get lots of ass. I mean, it sounds like it's a win-win situation. Yeah, but could you really get up there and dance with your dick hanging out? No, but I'm <laughs> saying so you just be a it bartender. It comes back to the whole: Do you chub it up? Do you have a full-on boner? Like, you know, I'm not I'm not huge when it's all soft. Yeah, exactly. I think. Uh, do I just leave my big untrimmed man bush? <laughs> <laughs> You get a prosthetic, uh, like a boogie a prosthetic nice. cock. Yeah, oh, well, probably work. I guess there is hope for me. But I'm saying you could just be a profession. cashier. You'd be a barback or something in one of these, but and you'd end up getting like. Uh, I mean, sure, you got to watch a guy strip every now and then, but you get all that ass. Doesn't it just smell like man asshole in there the whole <laughs> night? I couldn't go to that place of work. <sighs> Uh, the second call is in reference to um, us talking about horses. Hmm. I don't remember discussing any of these. Up. I'm a long-time caller. First-time getter-inner. I don't think that made any sense. But uh, you just uh, just listening to 285. You're asking for stories. 
And I've called in numerous times. First time I called in, told you a horrifying story about a lady who got chemotherapy on her hand and ended up losing some fingers. And then I called in and we chatted about uh, how bourgeois horses can be or not be. And I'll stand by that assertion. And you'll hear why in a moment. And then most recently I called and I was the guy that asked for uh, Martin Steele. And I'm calling you today with a story about uh, about a horse. Uh, I was pooped on by a horse today before work. Uh, so there you go. And I'll stand by my assertion that uh, horses are not bourgeois. Just ask the Amish later. Okay, I, I have a question here. How the yes. hell did this guy get shat on by a horse? I mean, was he standing behind the horse? Was he underneath well, the horse? When you're teabagging a horse <laughs> before work, most people go get coffee, but to each but his own. What was he tossing the horse's salad? Like, I mean, <laughs> I've seen horses in public, like cops riding horses or horses yeah. pulling carriages in New York or Chicago or something. I don't go anywhere near their assholes. You're no. not even supposed to stand behind you have a to horse. Be, you have to be really near it for it to get pooped on, right? Yeah. And they don't was... shoot poop out. It's not like a cam- like camels. Camels can spit, but they also like shoot like shit. Like it comes well, out. Well, that was my next question. It, you know, can a horse have explosive diarrhea? And then I would assume that it would shoot. I, I think this dude was up to some nefarious activity behind this horse. That's like putting a shoe on it. Or maybe trying to look into its asshole to see what's in there or something. I, I think it was like... <laughs> so, some people go on the internet in the morning and read their news site, but I look at my horse's asshole. <laughs> he was staring the into the brown eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how he tells the future exactly. This guy was predicting the future. He's an oracle. He's predicting the future by staring into this horse's asshole. And that's how yeah. he got shat on. And but plus, it's, then, okay, so it's, wh- like, it's like the navigator in Dune, the movie, you know, its mouth <laughs> it just talks to him. <laughs> maybe though, maybe this guy is, you know, like maybe he is the guy that rides the carriages, you know. So he is probably changing the horse's shit bag. Well, there you go. So I mean, then, that, that but then be... if he's a guy that changes the horse's shit bag, would he really go so far as to? call in to say that he got pooped on it would just be such a like common occurrence i would think at that point but maybe not yeah you'd think it's just a you know part of the job well, i don't know it's interesting it's it's interesting to me but i i, I disagree with him anyone that we're, we are saying is horses are bourgeois because rich people the bourgeois tend to own horses because you can afford to, to maintain one they, they're very costly yeah everybody i've ever known who's had a horse is from a wealthy family yeah, well, I'm talking about people that live in a city. I'm sure people in Montana or South Dakota or something or Wyoming, you could probably have a horse that's a little bit cheaper because there's so much Maybe. more land. But Still. I'm saying anybody that in the city or that belongs to like one of those, you know, uh, riding clubs or something, right? You know, and I think, um, yeah, I think it's a bourgeois thing to own a horse. The fox hunters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the the polo players. You oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Those those types. You didn't convince me there, uh, horse guy. <laughs> Although I, we will play almost any shit story, so good, good job. I would just like to know, first of all, what the guy does is for, for a living and how he ended up getting shat on by a horse. I don't think that happens yeah. too often. Not so a lot this, of detail in the call. The second call is interesting. This guy called twice with the same style of call. So I think he's attempting to troll us, maybe. 
And I right. think we're I think we're being trolled, but uh, it's still amusing nonetheless. Hello, sick and wrong boys. I was on Grinder the other day, just well doing what we gay men do, just looking for some sex, <laughs> and I started PMing with this lovely little Vietnamese boy. Well, I say boy, he was a man. I'm not a pedophile. Anyways, we were going back and forth, talking about fisting each other, just all the lovely, lovely, dirty stuff we wanted to do to our assholes. And I mentioned, just coincidentally, that I listened to Sick and Wrong. It came up, because so I just got done listening to your previous last episode. And he said he was a fan, too. And he proceeded to tell me about how gay your mom is. Oh. <laughs> oh. Burned. It's kind of just your straight-up prank call. I don't really... I don't know if I would call that trolling. I call it trolling because he called like three times. Oh. And with different scenarios. Like the other one, uh, he was talking about like the the, the chick with, with the, the huge rack that ended up uh, suffocating that kid, the babysitter. And he was mm-hmm. like, I have dreams about that and how gay your mom is. <laughs> like it, It's like, okay. Well, not I, since the days of Benny Hill has a gay man, the gay persona, been so accurately depicted as in that call. Well, you know what's funny? That actually was uh, Rick Santorum. I don't know if you... <laughs> <laughs> because Rick Santorum knows what gay people talk about. Right. That's because... all they really talk about is fisting and, and different things they can do to each other's butt. Well, bestiality. Yeah. I mean, That's the next step. Well, it's interesting because like, I've... I've had conversations with my brother about video games, movies, whatnot, but then when I've been at his bar, when he's around other yeah. gay men, it's only about fisting and, and what they can do to each other's buttholes. That's all they talk about. There's nothing else. They, they don't talk about politics, you no. know, anything. It's just stuff they can do to each other's buttholes. He also also uh, always re- refers to himself and others as we gay men. <laughs> This guy's definitely very knowledgeable about the homosexual community. I don't know how. That's why I'm thinking it's Rick Santorum, but I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, you definitely got us. And, and, and But the thing is, that what's interesting about this is how gay your mom is. I actually think it'd be kind of cool if my mom was gay. This probably sounds bad, but I'd rather think of my mom in a gay relationship than think about her having sex with my dad. <laughs> that's that's disgusting. Yeah, but then you would have never come into existence. I still don't want to think about. It. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about my existence that is gross to think about, right? You don't want I'm to think a, a better just... a better punchline to your prank call to the prank call would be and your mom and dad are fucking right now. That's like, <laughs> oh, oh, gross. But I mean, uh yeah, gay mom, it's not something that's bad. Like I don't think I'm like shocked by this this thought of my mom being gay. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe her girlfriend would be hot. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like maybe she'd have like some hot, like 20 year old chick that she was banging. Like scissor. Probably kicking. not though. Probably not. though. <laughs> she'd probably have a, an old gross lady. Yeah. And then with big hairy armpits and like a unibrow. Yeah. It probably would be disgusting, but yeah. People can call the Singer on Hotline, 206-666-3846. Uh, we got time for one email here, and uh, then, um, yeah, then we're going to get out of here. So this uh, email came to SingerOnPodcastHotmail.com. It came from Jordan. It's kind of a, it's a very un- un- unsettling story here about life in the U.K. He goes, good evening from the U.K. This is just a little reply to a request that you sent out wanting new people to call in. 
I can't call in as it would probably cost me an arm and a leg, so I thought I'd send my story in email form. Can I make a point uh, in, in between this story here? What you do if you don't want to call the hotline is you just use your computer and record an MP3 and then email it to us. <laughs> I don't know who's the genius who figured that out in the past, but it's pretty easy and cheap. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why they don't do that. It makes People just sense. don't figure it out. He says, I'm not proud of this story. As it involves a knife and my groin, but whatever. He'd still like to share it with, uh, with the podcast. He says, I went out and got shockingly drunk. In fact, I believe I was drunk to the point that I fell asleep in a puddle of my own sick. Kept me warm, at least. Anyway, some lovely people came along and thought they'd shave off my pubes in a a variety of ways. The usual childish prank, I guess. Maybe that's a usual childish prank in London, but I've never, I've never, ever thought about that. I can understand maybe walking by and, you know, pissing on the guy or something or... You know, throwing garbage on them or something, or dumping your Wendy's Frosty on some passed out person. But I never would have ever, ever even contemplated pulling his pants down and trimming his pubes. Yeah. As soon as you're pulling his pants down, you know it's a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I don't know. He goes, uh, I guess they waxed them a little bit, then shaved off some with a razor. However, someone thought they'd go old school on my pubes and whipped out an old school Sweeney Todd barber razor and give them a quick trim. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure what the thought process was, but I ended up being stabbed in the groin. And after that, they went to town on my thighs and my ball bag as they both had deep cuts running along them. They left me in this state until I woke up in the morning. At first, I thought I'd piss myself the night before, but then I could feel it was all quite crusty down there due to the dry blood. So I put my hand down my pants to have a rummage around and found that my hand was covered in blood. So naturally, there was still some mild panic, followed by a trip to a doctor for stitches, antibiotics. Uh, several of the cuts ended up getting infected due to the cuts reopening while I walked. At times, this meant blood would trickle down my legs out of my shorts, making me look like I was having some sort of man period. He goes, I now have a limp, and it's quite painful to walk at times due to the damage to the muscles in that area. It's also affecting things such as sex at the minute, as any movements in that area bring on sharp pains and a tear to the eye, and there's nothing more emasculating than crying during sex. I never found out who did it, and I probably don't ever want to meet such people again. So yeah, it's not massively sick and wrong, but a little twist on their part. Thought I'd share my little venture with you two deviants. Keep up the fantastic work. You guys run an awesome podcast, and it helps me get through a rather boring day at work. Jordan. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. Th- th- this is what alarms me about the UK. It's not a, it's not a country you'd want to pass out drunk. Th- I think they take the pranks a little too far. Yes. They really I do. I mean, w- That's with, too far. We, we prank. I mean, God, we used to prank each other back in uh, high school, and someone would pass out, and I think... Shaving cream on the face, you know what, what was the what was the constant threat that someone was going to do? Like Vaseline in your butthole. Remember? It, I just <laughs> no, I, I don't remember. I remember that. though Vaseline in your butthole. No, I remember like everyone would always threaten like if you pass out, you get your face drawn on a, in a permanent marker. That was well, no, someone said they're going to put a bunch of Vaseline and like a carrot near your ass or something, so you wake up thinking that like what happened. Like, you got, you got butt raped. And that was, like, the constant threat. So I was always really nervous. Like, you know, I do not want to pass out around these butt pirates. This is going to be scary. You know, I'm not going to do that. But I never at once thought you guys would try to cut my nutsack off. No, and these weren't his friends. These were just random passersby. 
Which is even more alarming. That means that there's just like drunken, crazy chavs just walking around, just being like, "Dude, there's a guy drunk. There's a guy drunk and passed out. Let's shave his pubes and cut his nuts off." Yeah, they need a Charles Bronson type character there, or a Batman, <laughs> or something like that. They need a Harry Callahan, like a Dirty yeah. Harry, to come out and clean just up the streets, clean Travis up. Travis Bickle. Yeah, exactly. People, you can email the show at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail dot com. Uh, Wacker, there's been a lot of action on the Sick and Wrong forum this week, and by action, I mean nudity you notice that i have noticed that it was interesting i the other day um something happened to me that's never happened to me before i bruised my chin masturbating while looking at some of the nudie pics on the forum of uh of dura and little nikki my hand actually slipped and it smacked my chin it was weird oh. I, has that ever happened to you Maybe. have you ever sustained no. an injury wanking no no i mean you know i, I don't i don't actually jack off like that <laughs> I know. I mean, I was like, like I don't, I don't do like the cartoon, like <laughs> fist pumping jack off method. Like, I don't usually I'm do that one, but I don't usually do that either. But I was just kind of like, you know, not really paying attention to what I was doing, and it just slipped and just <laughs> bam, it hurt. I just kind of, if you've heard about, uh, I think it was in the documentary about Ron Jeremy about how he just has that special grip that can sort of like make him erect immediately. I kind of have that w- way of masturbating. <laughs> the Ron Jeremy tech. Do you think of Ron Jeremy while you do it? No, I'm just saying. I, oh, I have okay. this like I have this magic sort of grip that just works. You're not picturing his gut and his just hairy back. No, the head. I'm picturing him from when he was <laughs> still good looking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, anyway. What? What? I guess the the point of it here is you can masturbate to some of the pictures of all the hot chicks on the Sick and Wrong forum. The new pictures. There's old pictures, too, that you can masturbate to. But there, there are lots of old pictures, now. but I'm not going to like tell anybody where to find these pictures. you got to go to the forum, sign up, com, click on forum, become a member. But there are lots of real naked pictures of forum members on that uh, hot chicks. There's naked hot chicks on the Sick and Wrong forum. That's all i got to say about it. Be careful, though, because you might injure yourself while you're masturbating. Just don't pull too hard. Too much wear lube. A, wear a boxing glove with padding. <laughs> <laughs> Too right much lube. You punch yourself in the face. That's my problem. Um, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. I don't know if you noticed, but we are very close to 1,000 ratings, which is a, kind of a landmark achievement for us. So get us past the 1,000 marker. Just go help us out. Go to Sick and Wrong Podcast. Do a search for it on iTunes. Subscribe. Leave us a rating. And uh, yeah, something witty. We like that. Also, uh, we thank you for s- supporting the show by uh, buying Sick and Wrong merchandise. Uh, we have stickers, we new stickers, actually, which I don't even think I put a picture up of on the site yet. But uh, we have stickers, and we have the, the infamous Sick and Wrong Quado Tea. So go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on store, and buy yourself a Quado Tea, and then send us a pic. Like, email me a pic so you can put it on our Facebook gallery. I, I like how... Um, We've been getting lots of uh, actually candid pics. I think it's kind of funny. I think what you should do is photobomb other people's pictures wearing the Sick and Wrong shirt. Right. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Uh, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week uh, was sent in by Charlie Boy. He goes, Dear Sick and Wrong, please play for Song of the Week. It's a bunch of French words. Uh, it's like, Je Lieve de Brosa means hungover what? again by the Quebec Redneck Bluegrass Project. I love this song. It reminds me of traveling in rural China where you can stuff a backpack with weed for $10. Good weed. Charlie boy. 
I never knew they smoked weed in China. I thought you'd get your hand cut off for that or put in prison for like six years for getting caught with a joint, don't you? I don't know. I've never been to rural China. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm just imagining a Chinese person trying to say rural. <laughs> rural. <laughs> Would it pronounce like Laurel or something? I don't know. Yeah. You know, the uh, band's actually kind of cool. It's sort of like a French country band. Oh. Yeah. Uh, entertaining. I'll be judge of that. <laughs> the Quebec Redneck Bluegrass Project. Thank you, Charlie Boy, for uh, saying that in. Uh, people will be back next week with episode uh, 297. Till then, take it sleazy. A good night.
Carl from Long Island, in my crappy Japanese car on a commute home, listening to a crappy podcast on my iPod player. And uh, the um, the topic of conversation on your show right now is pro-American movies, and uh, I have one for your list. Um, Cat Shit One. Yes, Cat Shit One. C-A-T-S-H-I-T-O-N-E. Cat Shit One. Two words. Fucking awesome. All right, that's it. See ya. Gotta go.